This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their information daily. Our Auto Expert with truck girl Jen and automatic Andy. Andy, Jen, thanks no, for coming to work today. It's me. It is you. And truck girl Jen. Hello. Um, I missed everyone. Oh, you did? Yeah, because you guys are genuinely nice. So when I don't see you... Clearly you're not doing the show with the same people. Yeah, I just... I like to clap in celebration of you guys showing up. I had a well, question. thank you. I had a question. <laughs> when was the last time that you guys went to a dealer to buy a car? Mm, 2018. And Jen? 90... 1990. Wow. 1895. 1890. Yeah. 1894. No, 1999. Did you have to buy the horse with it? <laughs> Boodle <Boom. laughs> I did. I bought lots of horse power. That's when I bought my Camaro. <laughs> yeah, that's when I bought my Camaro. Andy, did you just make an old joke? I did. I actually <laughs> took my son to a couple dealer, dealerships, but he ended up buying it on the East Coast. Um, so. Are you a millennial, Andrew? I don't, I, I don't know. I think, I suppose. When were you born? 81. No, you just missed it. I think 82 or 84, depends on which chart you look at. I'd rather not be in the group. I'm an ex. You'd rather not be in the group? Yeah, I don't claim any of them or what they do yeah. or their actions. You'd rather not be a millennial or be in the radio group. I'm not sure what you just meant. Yes. Yes. What are you? Both. You're an ex? Uh, I'm a right, yes, just. Just, just an ex? Yeah. I am the just. ex. Yeah, just by a whisper of a hair. <laughs> huh. No, I think yeah. you are a millennial. No, he's not. Let's a, a millennial is 82 to 84, depending on which chart you look at. Yeah, I'm just, even if I am, I'm not. What year yeah. did you say, 84? One. You're a grumpy old man, is that what you're telling I me? I am, get off my anyway, lawn. Anyway, get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> so let's get back to cars, because apparently that's why we get given all this mass time across the country with millions of people listening. Uh, so... Most people wait for fair weather to go purchase a vehicle. Um, but really, when you're buying a vehicle that you drive all year, and a lot of people say, oh, I need an all-wheel drive because where I live, you know, I need to take it off-road, or I need to do snow, or there's rain, or in bad weather. What? Now you're showing him things? Share with the rest of the class. It Gen says X Jennifer is, Truck. X is 61 to 81, so he yeah. just squeaked. Yeah, it depends which list you look at. Right. Summers to well, 82, summers to 84. I was just curious that you and I, I was just shocked that you and I are in the same bubble. Um, I am just, it depends which list you look at. I'm going to go with different. that one. Yeah, That one's right. right. That one's totally right. All right. Yeah, for that one is, mm -hmm. what's the official government one, dot com. Anyway, a lot of people go shopping for cars. Do you want to have this? I can just turn your mic so we can have this conversation separately if you want. Uh, a lot of a lot of people go shopping for cars in really poor weather. Um, no, it doesn't happen. They go sunny days to you know buy cars. I get that if you want to buy a convertible because you put the top down, but they go buy all wheel drive cars in dry weather. And depends they, nice where weather. you live. 
Well, but you buy all-wheel drive vehicles because you want to take them off-road. You want to do snow and that sort of thing. Shouldn't you test drive vehicles in the conditions you want to see how well they perform in? Yes, you should. Yes, and, you should. And so wouldn't you go test drive a vehicle in the snow if you wanted to buy a vehicle to see how well it does in the snow? Yeah, if you bought a car with hydraulics, wouldn't you flip the switch before you bought it? Yeah, exactly. Make sure Wait, it bounces. can you buy a bouncy car? I mean, used. <laughs> you I don't can. Think man I don't think manufacturers make cars. Yes, they do. What was the bouncy car that we just talked about uh, the other day? Yeah, was but the, you the don't Maybach? buy No. Mercedes make vehicles that bounce, yeah. but you don't buy it for the bounce feature. Why not? If you had that kind of money, I'd buy it for the bounce feature. <laughs> It's funny. Do you know why it has the bounce feature? Yes, to get you out of all terrain uh, situations. All terrain, so you just it makes the ground flat. I just love working with Nick. <laughs> I feel is it it helps you grip the tires. You know what? Yeah, it gets you out of situations. I said all terrain situations, bad situations, digs you out of holes. I don't know. It just I like the bounce feature. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's for sand. Whatever. It's when Again. you get caught in sand. Oh. So, yeah. Because you can't get your wheels out of sand because they spin. Well, that makes sense because that's how I get out of when you bury me in sand. I just kind of bounce around and, and move all the sand <laughs> well, around. Wouldn't gravel? It would help you in gravel. Uh, if it's very dry gravel, yeah. but wet gravel, it won't. Um, that's where you just fling rocks at everybody. <laughs> well, go out with truck girl Jen, see what happens in gravel. <laughs> Bam! Oh, mm -hmm. I just got hit with gravel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. it, I get that in my tires all the time. <laughs> um, so I think when we have a nasty storm and you want an all-wheel drive vehicle, go car shopping. You can get two or three cars if you want. Yeah. But I feel like, Nick, we have a, there's a niche market that we could produce. So what if we made it rain in the summer so people could test drive on a closed course and we just throw water at it? You know, Land Rover dealerships used to have off-road courses in the dealership like rocks you could oh, drive over yeah. see so you knew how well they did and they got rid of it because i don't think people liked it well i mean that i'd yeah i mean i suppose think it, of the auto show jeep always does that have do the, the ride adventures i think it really helps them sell jeeps mm -hmm. um everyone loves to go to auto show and do camp jeep because you get to you you don't get to drive it but you get to ride along with guys you get to go on two wheels and, yeah. i feel yeah. that would be better because when you're in the dealership you're kind of like you're kind of pumped up and amped up to get a new car, so you might overlook a few things and are willing to compromise with yourself. Like, oh, this kind of isn't great, but it's all right. It's fine. Like, you're in the heat of the moment. But if you get to do it beforehand, then you're more educated. You buy a better car yeah, for yourself. Yeah, I'm a, re <laughs> a research freakazoid. Like, I make sure the insurance is a good value, you know, what your licensing and your taxes is. A lot of people don't look at how much their research is. I mean, you buy a I Tesla, do you have to check out the insurance on Teslas can be really high. Yeah. I, it's just the type of person you are. I mean, I could see if you're in a situation where you need to buy a car in a weekend, you know, like if you lost a vehicle. But if you have the time, make sure you research everything. And it before. depends where you live in California. Your electricity can be really expensive. Mm -hmm. And then you go buy a vehicle that is electric. I mean, it may not be good for you. I mean, in California, too, you have to look at when you charge your vehicle. Yeah. Because if you charge at peak heat times, you'll be paying a lot of money. If you have to charge in the day, it's expensive. You have to charge overnight. And there's. Mm -hmm. it's interesting to me with my Mark EGT, it, you can tell them what your provider is and it will tell you when to charge because the provider has low rates between um, 6 p.m. and 3 a.m. 
or 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. It tells you what the lowest rates for the provider are. Well, and also the electric, I know electric is really expensive on the East Coast, and they don't have the infrastructure like we're just now starting to get over here. Right. So that's something else you need to look at. It's it's harder. and But some cities do, like Indianapolis, have Indy mm-hmm. Blue. So you, I drive through Indianapolis and I see like huge amounts of charges in downtown Indy for cars. Right. But California is much easier. I went to drive that Ionic 5. Yeah. And that was amazing yes. um, for the ways places you can charge it in California. Um, and... Things like I just I just drove the EQS uh, Mercedes Benz EQS okay. AM, the AMG version. The jealousy's starting to boil. Yeah, go ahead. How was um, that? That well, I'm not allowed to tell you about the drive. <coughs> but All right. I, you so, know. how was sitting in it? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say, is it comfy? Yeah, it's oh. when I can. It's so gonna be pretty amazing. So excited. It's going to be pretty amazing. Um, these new cars coming out, I think electric cars make you terrible drivers. Because they are so fast and they are so amazing to drive. A lot of the new electric cars, they're going to blow you away. And I take more risks in driving electric cars now um, because they're much faster. I mean, you can zip out of... I told you about Germany driving the i4 and the iX the, from BMW. Um, zipping in and out. And the Autobahn? On the bottom. Yeah, yeah. It's even the electric <laughs> Mini, the Mini SE. It's like... You know, zipping in and out of vehicles is is crazy. And you know, um, you get up to a light and you used to sit there with a V8, like a Hellcat or a Demon, uh, via, and someone would try and bait me with their car. I wouldn't respond. But now when a Tesla baits me, it's really hard not to respond because I know usually the car I'm in is much faster than their Tesla. I still get tr- other trucks come up and do that to me. I'm like, they try and bait you? Yeah. Yeah, I don't respond. It's- it's just weird. I've I'm in my Camaro. I used to get that all the time, but in my truck, really, really. But I don't your, know. your truck looks mean. Yeah, it's I all look over at you. You're chewing gum. You have looking. your half. You have your half finger gloves on. Your leather jacket. Yeah. You and know. The, and the tinted windows are black. The windows yeah. are all black. You have that that hair piece in with the spikes on. <laughs> no, I draw Ooh, the line. Yeah, at that. white snake is playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I already down. look like Corolla DeVille with the big old white streak in my hair right yeah, now. <laughs> you, you have that fur collar made out of minks. No, no, you're, you're getting me in trouble with animal rights here, so <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, you look mean. Great, thanks. The amount of black eyeshadow you have on. Four foot yeah. 11, your black, three quarters and just mean. Your black, <laughs> your black nail extension. Should my license plate be wicked? Black lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> you wake up every day and choose violence. I do not. Yeah, Jen. I do not. No, I wake am a up, very nice person. You wake up every day and choose V8 trucks. Yeah, every day. 6.0 liters. See? You do it to yourself. Mm. We yep. can't help you, Jen. You yeah. you wake up every day and choose gasoline trucks. <clears throat> I do. Or just get big engines in general. See? As you perked up. The V12. Did you see me go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was yeah. that? Never. You sat up really straight in the in the chair and you wiggled. Yeah, that was me being excited about big yeah. V8 engines. You, you did like a heavy wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, see if it went. V8 engines. <laughs> there it is. It's right up and wiggles. There it is. Not weird. Uh, Wait, <clears throat> you do it now. You do it, Andy. <clears throat> no, no, you, you have to you have to go sexy it. mom cars. 
Oh yeah, they go. Me. See, oh, yeah. there you go. That's, that's single mom me. cause. I got yeah. the I got the market on that. You say single mom cause. And, like and then pull up next time. And then you look at it. Nick, and it's just like BMW. All right. If you want to uh, see more wiggling, you'll have to go to the website ourautoexpert.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. You can hear all the past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. Uh, Automatic Andy, Truck Girl Jen in the pits today. Um, I My English accent is quite a benefit to me because um, when I mispronounce something, you, you misheard. It's my accent. Yeah, you just, you just go so, and blaze over it. Um, I've been saying for, I don't know, 10 years, Brian Armistead. And uh, Brian pulled me aside the other day, and I stand about at Ryan uh, Brian's groin, which <laughs> is embarrassing because he's about 10 foot tall, and I'm about 4 foot tall. And he said, it's Armstead. There's no, it's not Armistead, it's Armstead. And I went, oh, okay, Brian, sorry. So joining us today <laughs> is my tall friend, Brian. From uh, you know, he's on the jury. He's on the, uh, the the North American Car Jury of the Year, and they call it Nactoid, who chooses the North American Car, Truck, and Utility Vehicle of the Year. And we asked Brian to come on to explain to us how this works, because many people see this advertised as the Car of the Year, the Utility Vehicle of the Year, and the Truck of the Year. But how how does it get there, Brian? How do you uh, how do you choose the Vehicle of the Year? What's What's behind the curtain, Wizard of Oz? <laughs> well, great to be on with you, first of all. And what, what a terrific description. Well, uh, you know, manufacturers, when they come out with a new product, if they think it's worthy of consideration, and every manufacturer thinks every car they build is worthy of consideration, most understand what has a realistic chance of winning based on the history of Mactoy over the years. So for this year, um, if I could just quickly roll through the list of finalists um, that were whittled down from 23 semifinalists in the three categories you delineated, Nick, car, truck, and utility vehicle of the year, then we can flush it out a little bit. Car of the year, Honda Civic, great compact sedan, manual transmission option, ton of fun to drive. Lucid Air, full electric, brand new offering from Lucid, a private company, cars are built in, um, in a, at a plant in Arizona. The uh, Headquarters for Lucid is in California. Mind-boggling acceleration. Their Dream Edition, the first one that, that they put out, is already sold out. $169,000. 1,100 horsepower. When you hit the throttle, your eyeballs rattle in your head. I mean, literally. Third uh, finalist for Car of the Year, the Golf Mark 8, which includes the Golf R and the Golf GTI, both three variants. Terrific, compact, hot hatch. The original hot hatch from Volkswagen. It's just a sensational automobile. A lot of fun to drive. Give me the GTI. It's not <laughs> as harsh as the uh, road as the uh, Golf uh, are, but they're all, all three are really fun to drive. Truck of the year, Ford Maverick, 199. If you can get the base model, steel wheels, um, no frills, just a hybrid motor, 50 miles a gallon plus. Just a sensational offering at 199. Goes up to about 29, fully loaded. Hyundai Santa Cruz, another compact uh, pickup truck. This one from Hyundai, 
looks great, beautiful styling. You know, with Hyundai and Kia, you get the all get the kitchen sink, everything's there. No real options to choose from except for carpeted. I mean, except for all other mats in the car. It's pretty much it. In the Rivian R1T, about eighty thousand dollars, fully metric, crazy styling. I love it. It's like a lunar landing vehicle. Lots of really cool features, great acceleration, great technologies, unlimited reality dashboard, sensational vehicle, about $80,000, another brand-new offering, Rivian. And the utility vehicle of the year, probably a hands-down uh, hit for, uh, for Ford, the Bronco. Everybody loves the Bronco. You can take the doors off. You can fold the windshield down. It's got uh, two-door, four-door versions. You can do hard top. You can do a soft top. It's just it's the off-road dream vehicle. It's going to give Jeep a real take a real slice out of that Jeep pie. Uh, and, you know, the prices are, are variable between the high 20s all the way up to the, uh, to the low 60s. So you can kind of choose your options. They have a lot of different trim levels available. Genesis GV70, happen to have one outside. I wanted to give it one more spin before the final vote coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, my test vehicle is about $65,000, full lux, nice SUV, all the bells and whistles, 100,000 100, mile warranty, which is unheard of in the luxury segment. Terrific offering from Genesis. And finally, the Hyundai Ioniq 5. I'm not quite sure why it's in the utility of the year segment, but it is. It's a full electric vehicle. I just had the press launch for it last week. I wasn't able to attend, but I did drive it at the, uh, at the fall drive for Nactoy, and it just does everything right, and it's hellified good-looking. It's just a gorgeous automobile, plenty of room for a giant like me, even behind the driver's seat. When I have the seat full back, which I have to do, because you know how big I am, Nick, it's just a sensational vehicle to drive. Those are the finalists. They were whittled down from a list of 23. And I think it's a very, very good choice uh, for the uh, 50 natural journalists to, uh, to whittle it down. We started doing this in 1994. It's the longest-running award, car awards uh, that are in the market today. It's, you know, with the Ionic, I, I didn't consider it uh, to be uh, one of the things I would have chosen until I drove it. But the charging times, I got it from 38% um, to, I think, 94% in just 18 minutes on a fast charger. So that was pretty impressive. And it's funny to think about it, but I always wish, you know, being five foot four, five foot three, um, I always wish I was a tall. And I'm sure you always wish you were shorter. <laughs> it's quite funny. Uh, the And it I, has. I, I, yeah, Go on. I do. I, I now if, you, if you could take, if I could give you five inches, I'd be happy to <laughs> to it off. Believe me, it, you know it's a challenge. It, um, and it's there is so much room in there as well. It almost feels like it's over roomy on the inside of the vehicle. So, when is the announcement, uh, Brian? When when do we get to hear what the jury's choices are? Well, the uh, final voting will take place from December thirtieth to my birthday on January fifth in 2022 and the uh, announcement will take place in early january details regarding the location and format of the event will be uh, up on the nactoy website pretty soon you can go to northamericancartheyear.org or just google the word nactoy n-a-c-t-o-y and you can get all the information about the process the vehicles and uh and the timing Excellent. for the uh for the voting it hasn't officially been been uh laid out in terms of the the date that the winners will be announced perfect well brian hopefully you'll come back and uh, tell us all about the winners when they are announced and uh, we can talk about that it's always wonderful to have you on the show brian you're a wonderful man and uh i'm wonderfully uh glad to have you on the show we'll have you back when the winners are announced 
You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Our Auto Experts, well, you can find us on TikTok. You can start a conversation with us. You can ask us a car question. Just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get automotive news daily. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. Automatic Andy, Truck Girl, Jen, live in the studio. I'm Nick Miles. You guys have had the experience of not only riding in, but also driving electric cars. Mm -hmm. So... I'm not going to even ask Jen because I know the answer. <laughs> no, we don't like electric cars. I like gas. Yeah. I like, like gas. Petrol. I like V8s and I cannot lie. <laughs> um, Andy, how I, are you feeling about electric now? I'm a big fan of the electric because you, um, you can go fast and it doesn't cost a lot of money because you just <laughs> plug in your battery. You, you know what? I think electric makes me a worse driver. Why? Because you get instant torque, instant power, and I take more risks. Like, I'll weave in and out of traffic. And it makes me, you know when I had big V8 engines um, and people used to pull up to lights next to me, like in, say I was driving a big V8, like Hellcat, and they would rev their engine in a in a Mustang or Camaro, yeah. and they would try to race me away from light. I wouldn't race to it. Now, if, a, if I'm driving, like, my Mustang Mark, uh, Mark E GT, or I'm in a Mercedes EQS, and people pull up to the light next to me in a Tesla, and they like edge forward. Oh, I'll race them. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you, know. you can't make the rumble noise. I know. Either. I was going to say. I was going to say. Do you have like speakers? You Pipe have it to, through those speakers. Wait a second. The best way to do that's is turn not the, true. Turn the, the new <laughs> the new AMG EQS has sound. Yeah. Well, you were talking about your Machi. It makes sound on the outside. They they one of the parts of these vehicles now. They generate sound. It sounds like a spaceship. It's amazing. Anyway. The most sound you get out of an electric car is when you turn it on and off. So that'd no. be revving it. No, yeah, turn it off and on. they sound like spaceships now. They have to pew, pew. on the outside because past people need to, pedestrians need to know you're coming. And you know who would know more about this than anyone else? Yeah. Is uh, Ross Prophet because yeah. he is from Nissan. He is a senior planner of EV marketing and sales and strategy. Wow, Ross, you do an awful lot. Um, <laughs> do you uh, do you actually have to do um, you know planning, uh, marketing, and sales and strategy? Yep. No. Yes. Uh, we do it all, and with EV, as you know, uh, strategy and planning—it's uh, it's kind of there's no blueprint for it. So it's a it's a pretty exciting job. Well, I, I imagine you in sort of like a World War II war room with lots of pieces on a map, and you move them around with those long sticks. Is that how it works? <laughs> Yeah, no, you got it. That's exactly how it works. You must have seen uh, <laughs> <in> my office. <laughs> um, I'm excited about Aria. I saw Aria for the first time in its sort of final uh, shape in, in Japan in 2019 at the Motor Show. Um, and it's a glorious piece of uh, sheet metal stroke, uh, aluminum stroke carbon fiber stroke plastics are we allowed to call it plastic i always think when we call vehicles plastic it sounds wrong should we say molded hydrocarbon does that sound better i you know what if you uh if you you know for whatever reason want to end your career there and come join us in the marketing <laughs> department i think you have a place <laughs> yeah no aria i think it's uh it, when i look at aria i kind of break it into to four categories you talked about the craftsmanship and the visual piece of it but really 
the purpose-driven technology that's in it, the smooth, capable performance. You were talking a lot about just the speed and sheer instant torque, all of that stuff and the, and the heritage that, that Nissan brings to Aria. Those four things really, to me personally, uh, embody what Aria is. And, and it's a challenge now. I mean, Nissan, first of all, you announced some pretty ambitious plans recently for your moving forward uh, in the next um, while, I would say. I mean, it's over over several, you know, over decades. Um, but in, in your future of how Nissan will develop, and Aria is really a tiny drop in the ocean as far as where you're going forward, but it's part of the plan to move forward with a whole new idea of transportation, not just really electrification, but it's it's quite a big step, ARIA, but there's bigger steps coming from ARIA, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're 100% right. And, and our, uh, our term is Ambition 2030, so you, you hit it right on the head. It is a very ambitious goal. Uh, and when we look at electrification along with just mobility in general, uh, the future is really bright, bright for the industry, but really bright for Nissan. And we're really excited what that's going to bring. Aria is that first and next step towards that. Uh, we're really, really excited. We launched our reservation program recently, um, and we're really kind of excited to see how this all takes hold. So tell us a little bit about what Aria offers the customer in, in the next year or so. Yeah, absolutely. So one, you can reserve it today. Uh, and if you're lucky enough to get a reservation and get first in line, you're going to get a $500 um, first in line benefit from EVgo. So that's $500 of free charging. And once you get that vehicle, uh, when you're when you're looking at Aria, I, I talked about. I think the easiest thing is the visual. You're gonna you're gonna instantly fall in love with the expressive lighting and the design inside and out. I think we've received probably the most positive sentiment on the interior design of this vehicle. It really. It doesn't look like anything in market today. It's it's extremely, extremely beautiful. Uh, but really that purpose-driven technology, that's one of the areas that I think, you know, we, we think of EV and we think of technology almost in parallel sometimes. And this vehicle defines that. But it's not just, you know, throwing in technology uh, for technology's sake. It's really purpose-driven technology. We wanted to make this vehicle have a purpose. So the technology, it informs you, it connects you, it protects you, it assists you. It helps you feel really connected to not only the car, but our environment. Alexa, you know, you can get in this car and you can communicate with your home, turn on the lights, that sort of thing. This is really an exciting step, I think, personally, in automotive as we start to bring the car, you know, into our lives more than just a vehicle to move us. And then the performance. This is my favorite part about EV. It's just that instant torque. There's nothing for me personally that really replicates that the, that torque, but really the smoothness and gracefulness of that, and and the quietness. I mean, it's it's almost like you're not having to try hard to move very quickly. And I think that's a really exciting feeling. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that Aria is going to be one of those vehicles that people <clears throat> they instantly fall in love with it. Um, they love the technology and are thrilled with the driving performance and then kind of suddenly realize, oh, wow, this is an EV. Um, I think it's a vehicle that even perhaps can persuade Jin to, to become an EV lover. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to admit, I, I, I did like the Leaf. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, the Leaf were, and, and, and I think even though the Leaf is a great vehicle, um, it will the, the shadow of the Aria will, will cast quite a big shadow when you start to see 
how much the technology is jumping forward. Um, well, in the Aria, isn't it also replicating the e-pedal from the Leaf? Oh, yeah. I mean, is that the, correct? That, that's just one of the things that you will see, uh, sort of a minor thing that's going forward, but there's so many new innovations. And I think one of the things that I look, uh, look for in the research that's going on, Ross, is that people really... Um, one of the things that Leaf did is sort of help with range anxiety, but we still have charging times as issues, range anxiety as issues, and the ability to charge these vehicles. Does does the new Aria alleviate some of those things that still trouble people about electric cars? Absolutely, and that's that's one of the great things about you know really that decade of experience that we've had with with Leaf is you know we talk about Aria casting a big shadow over Leaf, but Aria really I think owes Leaf. Uh, a considerable amount of credit because, you know, this isn't our first vehicle. We're not starting from scratch like um, a lot of people today. So Aria owes a lot of that. And some of those things that you referenced, range, range anxiety, Aria has up to 300 miles range. So there's that component. But there's the other two elements, which is the speed of charge, which is very, very important. And on the large battery, you're talking about 80% charge in, in about 40 minutes. So Whoa. that's a, a pretty significant uh, improvement over LEAF. And then that third piece is the availability of infrastructure. One, I'm a huge believer in, in home infrastructure uh, personally because I, I really truly believe these vehicles are like cell phones. Like you can just plug it in when you get home or overnight and really never have to, to stop at a gas station, obviously, or a charging station. But for trips uh, and long commutes, understandably, you know, we need public infrastructure. And we're very fortunate to partner with infrastructure companies, um, you know, across the, the U.S. that are pretty much blanketing the U.S. now. And you want to talk about a segment that's really growing quickly with government funding and everything as well is the infrastructure. And I, I took a trip recently across uh, the state of Arizona and uh, – it was actually extremely pleasurable. And I'm talking about not just Phoenix or Flagstaff, but parts of Arizona that you would not imagine have a charger. I could stop there, charge for 30 minutes, and be on my way. So it's really improved since we launched LEAF uh, a decade ago, and I only believe that it's going to get better and better. Yeah, and when I say sort of overshadows LEAF, I mean, it wasn't a negative thing towards LEAF. That's obviously what LEAF did is absolutely um, obvious and uh, it's it, it was really the first mass-produced car that made a huge difference to electric in the world um, and it, it made a huge difference to pushing people towards EVs and obviously the Aria will be that next big step. What's the availability of Aria? When is it coming and how will people reserve it and how much does it cost? Yeah, so uh, we'll start to see Aria's on the road this upcoming fall but today uh, if, if you are lucky and you're able to, to get your reservation in, you can reserve it. You go to www.nissanusa.com. It's right there on the homepage. Very easy step. We have four available trims for the reservation program. Um, it's, it's great. You kind of configure whatever car, whatever trim works best for you. <clears throat> I'm sure you guys have one of each color already reserved. <laughs> your and uh, once that vehicle is built, delivered to your dealer, you can even choose whether you finish the process on your house or on your couch through Nissan at home and have it delivered to your house, or you can go into the dealer, <clears throat> test drive it, feel right. it, see what it's like, right. um, and go through the process that way. All right. Well, we'll look forward to doing that at NissanUSA.com. Ross, a pleasure having you on the show. You should go check it out at the website. Our auto expert will return. Stand by. More to come.
You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 17,000 people have downloaded Our Auto Expert and many more streamers. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, OurAutoExpert.com, and of course, many more. Our Auto Expert, uh, hours of endless fun await you. You can join the happy podcast listeners at Our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. And Andy spends hours and hours and hours making beautiful pictures for all the viewers. I do, I do that. I do that a lot. You do. Um, you have been enjoying a lot of uh, Toyota products recently. And they're my new favorite. Yeah, the, the Forerunner. The Toyota Forerunner, I feel like it was made for me. It was? Yeah. Yes, Toyota uh, measured you in some kind of laser, and then they decided what, you know, you would be driving. I know you're kidding, but I feel that to be true. Yeah, they're going to talk, you're going to talk about it later on in the show. Okay, good. You know, they've, uh, they uh, have a brand new Tundra truck, which is pretty amazing, and uh, they're building it in America. Yeah, I've seen that. You've seen that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, trucks are a big, it's interesting when you travel the world like I do occasionally when there isn't a pandemic and you pick up trucks, basically the size that we have in North America are just not replicated anywhere in the world. Mm. You drive anywhere here and pickup trucks are the major vehicle in North America. They are not used anywhere else in the world. It's so bizarre that you go to Europe and it's all tiny, tiny cars. You go to Asia, it's all tiny, tiny cars. Um, and they do have a lot of trucks in the Middle East, but they tend to be much smaller trucks, you know, like Toyota, um, smaller Toyota trucks. Um, Australia, smaller trucks that we don't get here, Hilux, that type of things. We got a SUV. lot more going on over here, that's why. I know. But America is the land of pickup trucks. Mm-hmm. So yes, mm-hmm. uh, it is. Mm. It is. Um, so we wanted to talk to uh, somebody from um, Toyota uh, specifically because uh, they had, um, and they have, of course, their manufacturing plant here. That Toyota um, have a plant where they're going to be making the Tundra, and you took a breath and you didn't say anything, Jen. I'm like, I am so excited about this. This has just happened. This last week, so um, you arranged for us to talk to somebody from the Toyota plant. Didn't I did. You? I'm very excited. Uh, so Suzanne is the VP of manufacturing from the Toyota uh, Motor Manufacturing Texas plant, and she's joining us on the phone. Um, I don't know about uh, you guys in the studio, but I um, I cry at a four chair turn on the voice. Um, oh so gosh. I don't know, you know, if you do, but Suzanne, did you cry when the first Tundra rolled off the plant in Texas? Did I cry? <laughs> um, I'm going to say I was so overwhelmed that all the emotions hit me, oh. but for sure there were, there were some tears of joy that were coming through. And at our line-off event, we had a line-off event last week with over 2,000 folks here. And I was able to give a, the honor to give a speech. And when I looked out at all our team members in those years that we had spent on this project, I mean, I got wispy-eyed. I couldn't help it. it. It's hard, isn't it? Because 
you've put so much of your life into making these uh, vehicles roll off the line and to finally see it happen it's pretty emotional um and probably those sleepless nights where you wake up at two o'clock in the morning and you have those random thoughts like oh I wonder if we did this or, oh, did that happen? It's like, or did, it's like did they the, birthed a child, yes, you know? It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's the team did this or the team did that um, to finally have everything. And I know you spent time in Japan and you did all these different things to make it happen. And so, and it's a team effort at the same time as that, but it's a worry thing for me. I mean, it's definitely like for me, we, We've done projects like that. It takes uh, it takes a long time to do it, and of course, you have a lot of people relying on you. But you know, you rely on a lot of people as well. So, uh, first of all, job well done. Tell us about that first truck coming off the line. Well, we um, when we had our, of course, we've had a, a number of opportunities for some trial vehicles. But when that first um, production vehicle came off the line. Um, just everybody was in amazement. We're all standing there, you know, your hair is on the end and, and you're watching this truck come down the line and and um just just a sense of um overwhelming pride and um everybody stopped, we're clapping, you hear you hear some, some yells um from all these team members who have just put so much effort in and it's an amazing feeling. Um now, for me, you know, today um, I was driving in um, to do this discussion with you all, and I saw one out in the wild. You know, you see one on the road, and that in and of itself is another sense of um, just an overwhelming emotion of there they are. They're on the road. It's, it's just it's a hard to describe. How do you choose what color comes down the line first? Because I always wonder that. Did, did what? Why did they choose that color to come down the line? Because you know the photographs go everywhere, right? Yeah, they do. And um, ultimately, you know, there's a team of folks, and and they're um, identifying, you know, what color, what spec, um, what you want to be that first vehicle in that production, and. You know, our job is just to build them and make sure they're perfect. And we let those uh, marketing folks and production control people figure out which one they want to be first. And the first truck went to a, a pretty uh, interesting home, didn't it? Um, it did. T tell us a little bit about what happened to it. Well, um, you know, that, that first truck, first, you know, the first vehicles that we make, um, they they go through, as you can imagine, some pretty intense um, quality activities. They have they just get checked over to make sure that everything's perfect, that, that everything's meeting our expectation. And um, and then from from there, um, you know, they're they're off to off on the road. And that's uh, that's really nice. So when will we see the new Tundras in in dealerships? When will they start to filter through so people can buy them? Well, they started arriving last week. Um, you know, we we started seeing vehicles arriving at the dealerships that first week of December, and we're going to see, um, you know, more and more of the vehicles arriving. We had, I, I don't know how much you're following social media, but, you know, there were folks that were, that were actually um, taking pictures and video and live streaming those first truck carriers with the Tundras on them coming into the dealerships. And so they're arriving right now. 
Excellent. Well, I actually had a chance to drive one in California. I have to say pretty impressed, and it makes me very proud to know that uh, these vehicles are, of course, American-built, um, and we like to tell everybody that all the time, that uh, the plant in Texas, of course, is is kind of fun to, to see these guys, ch- you know, obviously built in the States and uh, it's nice to have uh, to, to actually know that it was designed in America and built by Americans and it's quite a great story uh, to hear you talk about it. I will tell everybody that uh, if you can see some of those social media pictures um, it puts a smile on my face as well. I've been watching the video on the uh, Toyota Tundra um, or the Toyota website to see that actually happen the news site as well. We'll go ahead and post that to uh, Uh, Suzanne, thanks for spending some time with us on Our Auto Expert. If you want to see it, go to our social media site. We'll have more on the show coming up. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our Auto Expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen, automatic Andy. Um, Have you ever had stuff stolen out of your car? I know I asked this question in the break, and Jen goes, yeah, my whole dash. Your whole dash? Your whole dash? Like the whole, like... The whole situation, like the whole situation. I literally, what? yeah. How do you get a dashboard out of a car, like a crowbar and twenty guys? Yeah, that's, pretty much. That's bold. My dad was awesome. Why not just take the car. Your dad stole your whole. No, dash? my dad was. What? Oh my, my god. Dad was get him awesome. on the phone. No, this is my a dad whole was story. Awesome. He totally like bolted that stereo down so no one would steal it. And they stole your whole dash. And they had to steal the whole yeah, dash to get good. it out of the car. Nice job, Jen's dad. Yeah, he way was to awesome. go. Truck girl, a uh, truck. Truck dad? Do we call him truck dad? Truck truck dad dad. Truck dad dad. Yeah. Truck truck man dad. Truck gen dad. Truck gen dad. Truck den's truck gen's dad. Truck gen's dad. And who has had more trucks than Jen? <laughs> Ford. Anyway, uh, Andy, have you no. ever had anything stolen from your car? I don't even want to go there, by the way, with your story because it's going to get weird. Uh, Andy, <laughs> weirder. Have, have you had anything stolen out of your car, Andy? Yeah, like seventeen times. Really? I've had snacks. I've had magic snacks? cards. Snacks? Who steals snacks out of a car? I know. It's low. You can just ask. I have plenty. Um, I don't leave a lot of stuff in my vehicle. I've, yeah, yeah, I've learned that now. And now I just leave garbage in there. To, <laughs> oh, It's like a defense nasty. mechanism. Yeah. Um, um, I have the opposite. I have, like, motor oil, you know, grease, that, you, gloves. Uh, but if you have valuable stuff, I mean, like, obviously, like, firearms or jewelry or you know you don't want to leave stuff in your car but if you're driving around with stuff in your car you obviously want it secured Mm -hmm. and so i came across this stuff um there's ways to secure it Mm -hmm. but i came across this company who um has makes safes for cars and uh, you know lockable safes in cars and i thought this and i would say they're, you know, vaults and sealed first safes for cars, and they make them specifically for certain vehicles. That's cool. And, oh, this is a genius idea. Mm-hmm. And then I started to look them up, and uh, they are absolutely amazing. So I thought I'd have them on to talk a little bit about it. Uh, Scott is from the company. His last name, and I'm going to mess it up, Scott, I know, but it's uh, Bon Visuto, I think is how. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Scott, um, 
you're also making them now for vehicles like Kias as -hmm. well. So tell us a little bit about uh, how you started doing this and uh, exactly how they work. Well, about 20 years ago, me and my partner, uh, we were always in the auto accessory business, and we knew that there was no, uh, really no secure place to lock up your valuables in your vehicle. Um, being gun guys, you know, we knew that there was a call for it, so we decided to design a safe that is engineered just to slip into a factory console, easily installed, and provide a very high security safe, basically, for inside your car. That's and perfect. And 20, 20 years later, we have 144 SKUs covering hundreds and hundreds of applications. And, uh, yeah, we uh, provide a nice product for a, a critical solution that people needed out there. One of the things that a lot of people don't know, if you, if you own um, a, a concealed weapon, you can't mm-hmm. take it into the post office. It's illegal right. to do that. And so every time I go to the post office, you actually have to take your, your weapon off. And I don't want to leave it in the car um, unattended, mm-hmm. especially since I have, you know, big dogs. I don't want to leave it, you know, just in the door pocket or in the glove box. And so what I this is the perfect answer to be able to put it in a lockable compartment in, the, in the center console. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Sure. Absolutely. So what are people, yeah. you know, what are people using this for? Are they using it when they sort of park the car and need to leave the vehicle in, in leave the, the well, firearm or something in the vehicle? Yeah. How is it sort of utilized? Yeah, obviously the largest segment of our customer base is concealed carry, whether it's military, law enforcement, et cetera. But there's, like you said, there's times when you can't carry your weapon. So I say we have a solution for when you can't carry. So whether that's a government building, et cetera, or restaurants, or, you know, and if, you do, and if you're not a concealed carry weapon person, you can put your valuables. For example, you go to a ball game, you got to leave your personal belongings. You know, you can't take a lot of stuff in a ball game. You just got a safe place to leave your stuff and know it's going to be there when you get back. And these, these are one of the things that you've done is this is not something where you need a mechanic with a welding torch. You've made it easy. Nope. No, we made it super easy. This is by far one of the easiest. Uh, accessories that you can install yourself is the way they're engineered you basically open up your lid of your factory console there may be a couple of uh, mounting screws that hold the factory console to the floorboard you, sl- you take those out slip the safe in open up the safe from inside the safe you secure it into the into the cavity lo and behold you got a secure vessel very secure very easy very simple now, what about uh, the durability and reliability of these over time? Still going to be good? Well, it's 12-gauge cold gold plate steel, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. So, uh, again, it's, it's a quality product, and it's backed by the lifetime warranty. And there's really, you know, it's a basic metal box. Not much can go wrong with it. And then, you know, we stand behind it 100%. Now, I see a picture of one here in, uh, in the center console that has... Um, uh, the numbers on it for a uh, combination mm-hmm. lock. Do you offer right. different kinds of locks? Well, currently we're offering three lock types, and it's either a key lock, which is, you know, if it is what it is, the key lock, and then we off- offer two forms of a combination lock, whether it's a three-digit combination or four-digit. Uh, early next year, we're going to be introducing a couple new lock technologies, which include electronic combination lock, wow. and we're also looking at biometric fingerprint recognition locks. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to have many lock options available for you, and they're all high-security locks. Now, it's made of steel. 
Yeah, it's made of steel, so this thing's pretty heavy. Is it going to cost me a lot of money to ship it? Um, you know what? All our products come free freight in the continental, continental United States, uh, and it make it very simple for you. Nice. So, yeah. Now, if some guy, uh, you know, gets takes a drill to this, uh, how how durable is it going to be? If if you know someone noses in the vehicle, they get a drill and they try to break it open. Well, you know, like I say to, uh, I get this all the time. So, you know, give it enough time, you can get in anything, including Fort Knox. So, you know, this is to deter your smash and grabs. They got a few minutes in your vehicle, and there is no way you're going to get into one of these safes in a few minutes. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, it, it, it can be drilled, of course, but again, it's going to take time. It's going to make noise. You're going to make attention, and you know, it, it stops a, snap, a smash and grab every time. Right, but but most of the time, um, it goes uh, underneath the armrest, so most people aren't going to know. You you can't see it right from the street. Exactly, because it's basically it, it's going to be. I don't want to say hidden, but it's hidden inside your factory console. So when the lid is closed of your factory console. Uh, thieves on the outside of the car, they can't tell the, if the safe's in there or not. And then lo and behold, if they dig into your vehicle, open up the factory console lid, there's a safe there, they're not going to get into it. And, you know, it's going to take you quite a long time to get into that safe. Right. And these things, uh, do you, if if I need to get help with it after I bought it, do you offer some kind of uh, service backup? Oh, absolutely. We make it very easy to purchase it off our website, councilfault.com. We, it, it comes to you with step-by-step -step instructions to walk you through the installation process. And if you have any snags, we have a, a customer service number, 800-878-1369. Just give us a call. We'll walk you through it. But, again, this is so easy, not intimidating. It's no problem. What's, we'll walk you through it. No what, what's the, what's the, uh, the warranty like? Uh, lifetime warranty. Excellent. And if I'm a member of the of the military, uh, do you offer any kind of help with this? Yes, we offer military discounts. Uh, typically, it's you know, uh, ten to twenty percent discount. Uh, right now, we are running a special for everybody for the holiday at the twenty percent uh, discount. But you know, in regular times when it's not the holiday season, we do offer military and law enforcement discounts, and we also also extend it to first responders, civil servants, etc. Now, firemen, excellent. Now, what sort of models do you make these specially for? Wow, we have, like I said, 104. We're up to about 140 SKUs. We cover every, all the big three, Chevy, Ford, Dodge. We have Toyota. We even have one for the Harley-Davidson bagger, for the hard, uh, the hard saddlebag. That's one of our really coolest, I think, uh, applications. But we have hundreds of models and uh, very proud of that. Now I I have a Bronco Sport. Um, I think mm -hmm. you ha you have one that goes between the front uh, seats. Do you yeah. have them that go anywhere else? Well, you actually bring up a good point. On the Ford line, we are actually a Ford licensed accessory, so we we are approved by Ford, authorized by Ford, and it actually comes with the Ford logo on it and is endorsed by Ford. Uh, we just came out with the, the the Bronco, the Bronco Sport. There are two flavors. One is for the center console, you know, between the seats up front, and there's also a rear cargo area safe that goes in the back seat. So for the Bronco Sport, we actually have two options available for you. Excellent. I think I'm uh, I'm I'm already knowing what I'm getting for Christmas. <laughs> That's absolutely <laughs> perfect for me. All right, Scott, where do we go if uh, if we want to buy one of these for someone for the for the holiday season? Super super easy. Go to www.councilvault.com. 
Uh, once you get to the website, you're going to see a vehicle finder. You click on that. You put your make, your model, the year, and then the, the options will pop up for you. And we make it very simple for you. Perfect. Scott, thank you so much. Um, uh, this is the perfect Christmas gift for me. I can, uh, I can definitely uh, use one of those in my uh, Bronco Sport. And anybody else, I think I found your Christmas gift. And by the way, guys, you know all the vehicles I have. So you can, uh, <laughs> you can go to Scott's website and you can buy them for all of my vehicles. Scott, uh, we'll go there, do some Christmas shopping right now. I, uh, I appreciate it. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to you guys. No problem. Console Vault, there you go. Get your Christmas gifts in right now. I'm Nick Miles, more Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. OurAutoExpert.com. You can hear all past uh, podcast shows. Uh, also, see automotive videos and read insider car stories about your next ride. We have all those stories. And you can have Andy and Truck Girl Jen 24-7, along with me, Nick Miles, at OurAutoExpert.com, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. All right, Andy, mm-hmm. the BMW X3M competition, I have to say, right now, I have an X3M competition and an X4M competition, and I get to decide which one I keep. You want to? You want to race? <laughs> I promise you, I know who will win. But carry on. Not. <laughs> I know who's not going to win. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about. Um, you've been studying up on the X3M, Nick. I have, What's delicious? I have so much to say. Scoot over. All right, I'm over. Go. Um. So it's not. It's not the cheapest car. You need to you need to have money to buy it. All right, I knew mm-hmm. that. It starts at at almost seventy one thousand dollars. It just that's just to talk about it. That's chump change. Keep going. That's yeah. just to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> it goes zero to sixty in uh, way too fast for an SUV <laughs> in three point one seconds. I don't need most of the time. I don't need to get anywhere that quick unless it's close to closing time. It's. It's really quick and agile, Nick. Yeah, it's like a puppy that you gave sugar and a rocket ship to, <laughs> and you don't know what's gonna happen. You do you notice, by the way, because Andy is my roommate. When we feed Bill, mm-hmm. who's my uh, seven and a half month old black Labrador, mm-hmm. out of control. That's who uh, the motivation for that. What's wrong was. with him? Don't yeah. they say that most people, most dogs, represent their owners? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. When you feed me, I go to sleep. I don't know about you. <laughs> Sorry. It's just like on. giving you keys to a car. Right. Oh, he starts wiggling, you know. So in comparison, Nick, yes. this uh, the BMW X3M is faster than the 2016 M3 competition. It yeah. blows it out of the water. Yep. Everything See. 2021 below this SUV will smoke. Boom. Shakalaka. Um, it's already way more luxurious than most cars out there in the world. Yes. But just in case you need a little bit more, you can upgrade it to higher end leather and a whole paragraph of things that I can't pronounce. <laughs> and Did you like the red leather in it, by the way? I did. It feels so nice. It tastes good, too. It does taste good. It tastes of raspberry. And I like how they, they threw the help, <laughs> the people in the in the back a bone because you can upgrade to heated rear seats. Yeah. And you have the really cool ambient lighting in the doors in the back, yeah. which we didn't have in the front. Yeah, it, it was wasn't nice. turned on. Well, 
Get with it, Nick. Yeah, it does have <laughs> heated armrests in the door. So yeah. you're, we're ruining his whole segment. I'm sorry. I got right. excited. And you also, you can get more stuff, like a, a panoramic sunroof. And then the side what window sunroof? shades. A pan, panoramic. Okay, I thought you said panoramic. No, that's just, panoramic? My, that's just my mumble mouth. I mean, mumble mouth. Carry on. Sorry. Uh, but uh, the the reason, one of the things I like in, in the back, it has the back window shades. Cause, and Nick always gets mad because when he, when he drives the car, I refuse to sit up front because I feel like I'm Beyonce in the back. Yeah. So no one can look at me. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> um, BMW has not lost their mind. And they left the physical volume knob there because yeah. I can't even tell you how important that is. Yes. Because sometimes every time I get in the car, it's a concert. And if I have to fumble around on the steering wheel, one, that's going to make me change a lane that I don't want to. And two, I need to be able to control it better. And sometimes the steering wheel controls don't work because some people got big thumbs. I drove a car this week that didn't have a physical volume knob. Mm-hmm. Wanted to kill it. Just See? So you. Yeah, you need that, guys. And then, Nick, I saw you do it today. You can you can control it with gestures. And I remember when, Nick, when you came and picked me up in it one day, and you were, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you were, you were casting, like, Harry Potter spells. I'm gesturing you right now. Yeah, in the old, yeah, I get that one. That one's the old salute. Yeah. But... You had me tricked because it was before I was privy to all the cool stuff. What about this stuff. gesture? Do you know what this one means? This Nick, is, that's, yeah. come on. It's a family show. Yeah, sorry. It's radio. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> it, Nick put his cell phone in the wireless charger yeah. and then waved his hand, and I thought it was magic, but now I know your tricks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, Nick, all of, remember, everything, remember everything that I just said? Yeah, you can have all of that, and it still can fit seven carry-on suitcases in yeah. the back. Yeah, Nick, you get all the above stuff, and yeah. you can fit seven carry-on luggages. Yeah, that's what I like about the BMW <laughs> M competition when when I drive in it. Do you like the color? It's yeah, it's like a it's like a a washed away stone blue. Yeah, it's it's concretey. It is. It's like, well, because you're in the urban jungle. If you were to walk out onto a concrete driveway, mm-hmm. would you be able to find it? Nope. Yeah. See, it's camouflaged in the jungle. I the just. Concrete jungle. It, it sounds really aggressive when you get in the car. Yes, it does. It's very aggressive. And when you put it into that, um, you know, you press the M buttons on the steering wheel to get it into the M. Mm-hmm. And then you rev it and drive it crazy. Like you did on the way to the studio. Like you God. did, Nick. <laughs> yeah. I loved you when know, you decided be- to go around the corner and it's like yeah, windy it was, and the wind kicks in with yeah. it. Yeah, and there's a lot of rain. Nick was like, watch this. Yeah, watch this. Let's see if I can spin the tires. Yeah. Ooh. Right. It's an M, Why right? would you test drive a car on a sunny day on dry streets, which has, you know, the M competition package in all-wheel drive or X drive? Um, when you want to see how the all-wheel drive performance works. Well, because you you'd have to rainy, wait six windy, months. Rainy, <laughs> rainy windy that. day, which is nasty weather. Just see how it performs. Yeah, it was fun. You it was can't fun. slide something sideways on a dry day. Well, like I said, you'd have to wait six months to test that anyways. Yeah. Do it in the snow. Nick was making the car dance. Yes, he was. And I danced a little too. Yeah, you did. You were doing the tango. I. Uh, this is the whole point. It's Better than a limbo. You know, you do it on a closed track normally, but it's pretty amazing. I will tell you. I have to decide whether to keep this or its coupe version sister, the X6 
uh, sorry, the X4M. Oh yeah, it's cousin. It's cousin. Mm. I mm. like the uh, it's cousin, but it has a lot less space in the back and is not as good for dogs. Right. And this like that that doesn't have the back seat shade covers. It's true. You don't. You can't look like. You can't act like Beyonce in that one. I'm torn. I but think you're gonna end up with sexy, the three. It's as sexy as is as sexy as Beyonce. Do I, you? Do you I put money on it? I like the four, but you won't be able to take your puppies in. Yeah, but I have a Bronco Sport. Okay. And I have a Nissan truck. That's right, because I'm Nick Miles. And All right, more Our Auto Expert. <laughs> Stand by. Here we go. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. This is Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert, you can find us on TikTok. Start a conversation with us. Ask us a car question. Just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. If you direct messages, you can uh, ask Andy a question and he'll tell you how to lube your crankshaft. Our Auto Expert is at OurAutoExpert.com where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Anton Wallman is an independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at the street and seeking out. Alpha. Anton, European EV sales are heavily weighted to the last month of the year. So how do things look so far? You know, Nick, it's sort of like filing your taxes. You know, most people wait until the last day, the last hour to become compliant. And the European registrations for electric vehicles is kind of the same. It works on a calendar year cycle the automakers get no extra bonus points for selling, uh, meaning registering, uh, electric vehicles earlier in the year. All that matters is when the clock strikes midnight on December 31st, they got it done. If they filed it at 11.59 p.m. in their respective national registry, that's just as well as if they had sold the vehicle in January uh, you know, 11 and a half or so months prior. So what's going on now, Nick, is that so many automakers are waiting to see exactly how many remaining units they need to put in the hands mostly of these large fleet owners. They can be leasing companies, rental fleets, and all sorts of other fleets around uh, the European continent. They're probably going to wait until, you know, let's call it a week or so before the end of the year and then you will see this magical print boom three four five thousand vehicles sold in you know belgium to enterprise uh, rental car or somebody like that so right now if you disregard all of these large fleet sales uh, european ev sales in the month of december remain roughly as calm and normal as in any other month because the numbers <coughs> excuse me that you are reading right now in the statistics are basically regular you know joe a six-pack walking into their local dealer in uh, toulouse france and picking up that renault zoe electric vehicles and that's kind of what's going on so that's uh, what we're going to know not until we see the numbers as they were printed on new year's evening now do most european countries have the same tax deadline the 31st of december as as the the united states so presumably smaller companies will want to, you know, have a little bit of a tax benefit towards the end of the year. So the uptick will probably happen a little bit between now and December 31st, right? Well, it's a practical matter, Nick. Uh, Companies would like to make sure that they don't 
slip over their own shoelaces uh, on the very last handful of days because of our computer glitch. The Internet is down. The three key employees were sick that day. So they probably want to get it done, not on actual New Year's Eve, although there was a moment a couple of years ago when you saw it was actually quite comical. The Chinese company um, MG, which is the old British mark now yeah. owned by the Chinese, I mean, they printed like 99% of their <laughs> annual volume, Nick, on New Year's Eve, literally nice. on New Year's Eve. So that's how it goes. It's super, super interesting. In uh, and, and things in Europe, then, we won't really have a good picture and maybe until the last couple of days of the year, right? Well, I mean, maybe we will have some indication, you know, slightly earlier. But that's, that's basically the bottom line, Nick. You simply cannot assume that the race is over until the race is over, which is going to be when you f- see those final numbers trickle in just a few days you know typically they don't show up in the in the you know european calculators until a handful of days after everybody has sobered up from that champagne evening on new year's eve so give it uh you know let's call it a round number about a week after new year's eve and uh, we should have the verdict nick all right so uh, it's going to be a waiting game until uh, 2022 until we really see how things measure up at that uh, same time too you know we talked um earlier in the year and we were talking about all those tesla vehicles that were being made in the chinese factories that were being shipped over to europe and uh, i just wanted to catch everybody up with that is that still the case are those vehicles being sold in china or are they still being shipped to europe or what's the status with those vehicles that were coming out of the Tesla factory, are they still being unloaded elsewhere? No, what's going to happen, there's been a huge shift this year, Nick, in which Tesla has started uh, taking the output of its factory in Shanghai and started to putting them on boats to Europe. So a larger and larger percentage of the Tesla vehicles that are sold in Europe come from China, not from California. Of course, everybody's waiting for the Tesla factory in Germany, a little bit outside of Berlin, uh, to be completed and for production to get up going. But as always, Tesla has overpromised on the timeline. And instead of production starting here a couple of months ago, as was promised back, actually it was promised as of July of 2021 is what they said back uh, or a little over a year ago. Oh, everything was on track for volume production by <coughs> July of 2021. And um, that never happened. And and now we're looking at maybe best case scenarios sometime in the spring. And of course, when you hear the word production and Tesla, you have to separate between what normal companies call pre-production and uh, actual volume production. Now, there is some news when it comes to the Tesla Cybertruck. Uh, the, the company themselves have made some announcements uh, about uh, engine changes to the number of engines, and they've also made some announcements, or there's been some spy photos of the truck that have come out. So what's new with the Cybertruck? Well, Cybertruck, we saw just the other day uh, some new um, so-called spy photos. not clear whether an actual independent person had taken them or if Tesla itself kind of released them because it looked like the kind of drone flyover you would need in order to capture this vehicle right. down in Texas would have been done by Tesla itself. But, you know, clearly the Cybertruck, as we had seen it to date, has gone through a variety of exterior design changes. Tesla itself has talked about that the entire undercarriage there with motors and everything in terms of all-wheel steering um, has also been changing and will be changing before production. So 
you know, as, as, as a normal automaker, you would now need at least, you know, 18 plus months in order to get this thing uh, fully developed and into production. Tesla, of course, uh, uh, you know, will typically try to put something into production earlier than a normal automaker. But what does this really what does this really mean? How early are they in the development and design phase on this thing? Will they need another few months to hack out the details on this thing and then order the equipment and the materials and so forth? And will that take us well into 2023 before we are seeing more than a few dozen uh, hand built prototypes being uh, being built? Um, there seems to be some news on the Chevy Silverado all-electric pickup truck, um, uh, probably around CES. Uh, it looks like uh, they're making big waves about Mary Burra's appearance at CES as the keynote speaker, and looks like there's going to be big news dropped the day of her announcement. Uh, at least that's right. It's been pretty clear, Nick, that they're going to uh, you know do the uh, unveil in some format of the Chevrolet Silverado all-electric version at CES here just coming up in not even a full month from today. And uh, so that's coming up here very, very soon. And production is set to start basically one year uh, later, in early 2023, supposedly. And then, uh, you know, whether that is some sort of pre-production or not, not exactly clear. But I think we should see them in, in being delivered to actual consumers roughly around the middle of 2023. I think that is a very realistic time frame for them. And keep in mind that under the skin, this vehicle is likely to have a great deal of similarity with the GMC Hummer, which is entering production here, which just entered production a few weeks ago. And uh, obviously it will be less expensive to make and obviously fall into a quite a different uh, price bracket. Keep right. in mind that the bogey here is the Ford F-150 Lightning, which starts uh, theoretically at $40,000 yeah. for fleet buyers. So clearly Chevrolet needs to find a way to essentially meet Ford here. A little disappointing, I guess, with the Hummer that uh, we we were promised 350-mile range. It ends up at 320, and then the weight class push, pushes it into sort of the 2500-class uh, range as well. Uh, so not, I think, what we were expecting? No, it is not exactly, Nick. But frankly, I I, I thought that, I mean, this, the, the, the numbers as they are being delivered here are not too far away from what was promised. So I'll give them just a little bit slack on that. And also we have yet to see, by the way, any independent reviews of any kind. Right. Quietly, supposedly, they've started delivering a, a couple of dozen vehicles uh, to, to actual consumers. But right. you know, we haven't really seen them in front of real media with the real tests here. So that's still at the bare minimum weeks away, if not a couple of months. I think some of the uh, jury from the North American uh, jury have got to drive them a few times, but uh, not really evaluate them. They had sort of 20-minute drives. Um, but not really uh, get in and evaluate them very much. All right. Well, uh, Anton, thank you for joining us. It's interesting to get some updates. It looks like we really haven't got much more news on the Cybertruck, although there's news, but it doesn't get us any further along knowing when it's going to be built, right? Well, I mean, I think the most important part is that you can judge by just looking at the pictures that you can just punch up anywhere in the Internet by now since they've been out for about 24 hours now. You can really make your own judgment as to whether the design has moved in the dire direction of looking more interesting or worse, or to what extent that this changes your mind about the attractiveness of the product. So I think that that one is clear that they've had to make a bunch of changes to make the vehicle compliant for U.S. regulatory purposes with lights and mirrors and other things for pedestrian safety and so forth. And it is just, uh, uh, you know, we'll just yeah. have to see how far it has to be evolved in order to become 
fully regulatorily compliant for the at least for the US market. Anton Wallman is an independent analyst and an investor. You can find the majority of his stuff at The Street and Seeking Alpha. Probably won't find anybody else who has as much knowledge, especially when it comes to the European market and when it comes to investing in the automotive world along with the, the of course, electric market and of course analyzing anything like autonomy and of course when it comes to the US market and electrification as well. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 17,000 people have downloaded Our Auto Expert podcast and many more stream it. Our Auto Expert. Join the happy listeners by iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of fun await you. Our Auto Expert. Uh, you will get it as 2 million Americans get the news from OurAutoExpert.com. Indeed, is your biz- it's your business and you need to every single hire. But you don't want to go through every single resume. You need Indeed, all in one hiring platform that makes it easy to attract and screen and interview candidates all in one place with a smart tool like Instant Match. You instantly get a list of qualified candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description the minute you post a job or sponsor a job. Uh, Spending less time sifting through resumes and more time saying you're hired. Visit indeed.com slash credit. All right, some news stories that attracted me this week, um, and one from J.D. Power and Associates, which was interesting for me, uh, was the fact that uh, retail inventory has remained flat, about 850,000 vehicles on the lot since about July, a 29-day supply. So if you guys were going to head to uh, dealers to buy a vehicle, do you know what vehicles are plentiful and what are in short supply? Mm, Fiat. No. I, I bet there's a bunch of those. No. Interestingly enough, the vehicles that are the most plentiful are the large sedans, large cars like the Chrysler 300, the Dodge Charger, the Nissan Maxima, Toyota Avalon, those ones, the big sedans. Meaty sedans, I'd like to call oh, them. Oh, the meat ones. The meat, yeah. meat sedans. The okay. trucks yeah. are hard to get right now. You know, trucks are really hard to get. I'll tell you the hardest mm. ones to get in a second, but those are almost the hardest vehicles to get. Uh, sorry, the easiest vehicles to get are the large cars, like the big Maximas, Nissan Maximas. Those big vehicles are the <laughs> easiest to get. Mid-size sport, uh, sporty cars, like uh, muscle cars, they are also fairly easy to get, um, like the most available is like the uh, Corv- uh, the Chevy Camaro, the Dodge Challenger, the Ford Mustang. There's a 47-day supply of those. So they're fairly easy to get. Now, isn't, isn't the Camaro and the Charger and the Challenger, the, this is the last year for those too, right? Is that correct? Um, not for the Charger. Okay. The the, the Challenger. They Challenger. they will. Twenty twenty four is the last year for them making new right. models, but it, not right. producing necessarily the cars. Right. But right Gas now, right now, there's a forty seven day supply. Out of those large cars, there's a fifty seven day supply. And then the third most plentiful on the lot is the small premium cars like the Audi A3, BMW 2 Series, Mercedes CLA. There's a 42-day supply of those. 
So those small, little, expensive premium cars. So there's a lot of those. The least available vehicles, what do you think is hardest to get? Like, like there's no more on the lot? Yes. Hybrids. No, interestingly Trucks. enough, the Sorry. hardest vehicles to buy out of everything is the premium, the mid-sized premium sporty cars like the Corvette. What? And the Porsche 911. There's only a 20-day supply of those in the United States. How about the Ferraris? Uh, they would be super luxury, but the next class down is the mid-size premium vehicles like the BMW X5, the Lexus RX, the Mercedes GLE. There's only a 21-day supply of those. And surprisingly, Andy, you ready for this? No. The third largest, uh, least available supply is the single mom car. Nah. Yeah. I knew Surprisingly, it. like the Honda Civic, the Toyota Corolla, and the Hyundai Accent, that kind of car. Yeah, that makes me That's happy. That's a hot item right now. And he likes to call them the single Andy's mom hot. cars. He's a it. hot item yeah, right now. Yeah, he's I knew hot. It. He <laughs> likes to call them. They're not actually. They're, yeah. they're, they're surprising. They're called the compact cars. They are hot right now. Um, there's only a 21-day supply of those right now. Because you don't, it doesn't cost very much to keep them going. Yeah, it, they're, they're they're a wise buy. Yeah, so people are wise buying. Surprisingly, compact cars like the Honda Civic and the Toyota Corolla only a 21 day supply. Isn't that surprising? Yeah, it, it is. So if you want a car, you're more likely to find a large uh, sedan like a, a Chrysler 300, a midsize sporty car like the uh, something like the uh, Camaro or the Challenger. Um, or even the premium vehicles like the Audi A3, BMW 2 Series. But you're going to be hard pushed to find something like a Corvette or a Porsche 911. Isn't that interesting? So I'm, I was going to buy a Porsche 911 after the show today, but obviously not. I'm going to be hard to find. I was going to say, Charger's a good buy. Yeah. I, do the, I do the Charger. Yeah, they're a good buy right now. And they're comfortable. Oh, I would, my gosh. I, want, I would buy the Ultima. You that's, would? That's reliable. Yeah. You can uh, drive a Maxima. That. They're nice is a good cars buy. too. And Avalon is a good buy right now. Oh yeah, the Avalon. I forgot mm-hmm. about yeah. that one. It's actually the Avalon TRD is one of my favorite vehicles. Oh yeah, that's the one you told me that. <laughs> the eighties car, isn't well, it? Because no, it had I, the side skirts and it looked all sassy. Yeah, I think it, it looks Knight Rider-ish actually, yeah. but it looks like the sedan version of Knight Rider to me. Yeah, that's a nice vehicle. <laughs> is that how that Knight Rider goes? Yeah, I think. <laughs> what was that? Wow. <laughs> Isn't that how it starts? Yeah, yes, sort of. Sure. Yeah, and Knight Rider-esque. Okay. Uh, that, to me, that's interesting though, because I mean, if people want to go buy vehicles right now, you have to know. To me personally, I'm never going to go to a lot and buy a car again. I'm ordering my next car. Well, I mean, I put deposits on vehicles when they get announced. And then I have deposits on two vehicles right now. When I saw them two announced. Two more? Yeah, but they some of them aren't coming for three years. Like I put uh, I put money down on the Fisker. Yeah. Oh, nice. But that's three years away. I know. And I put money down the Lightning when that was announced like a year and a half ago or whatever, a year ago. So the that only, comes up in the summer next year. The only time I ever did that was when Chevy first came out with the the bolt or the Volt. Yeah. And I was on that five year waiting list. And you never got one? Nope. Why not? What was the point of putting money down if you didn't get it? If you didn't go through with it? It was five a years five later. year waiting list. So, so you could have flipped it. I changed in five years. I haven't changed in five years. Okay. You could look at me now and five years ago and you'd go, Wow. 
That was a long time ago. It's preservatives. Yeah, I, I had I had you blocks know, of preservative. Every my child night. grew up in mm. that time frame. <laughs> in five years. Yeah, well, you know he was. Never mind. Anyways, <laughs> I almost want to hear the story, but yeah, don't. Don't. No. Never mind. <laughs> kind of do, but don't. I got my truck phase. I got my truck phase. Yeah, and now you still have diesel under your finger fingernail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, if you want to listen to us um, tease Jen. 24-7. Yeah. You just have to go to OurAutoExpert.com. How yeah, tall are you? It doesn't. Can you reach the winter wipers? Nope. It doesn't <laughs> Did stop I, open, I didn't even open my mouth. No, but this is mouth. past experience. Yeah, because you're not able to reach the windshield wipers. Uh, which I just bought new ones, so I got to put those on today. Um, I got the phone book delivered to my house the other day, which is crazy. What? And it says on the front, phone book or gen booster seat. It, yeah, I was going to say. Right on the front of the phone book. Yeah. It says it on the phone book. Uh-huh. Use as phone book or Jen booster seat. Place butt here. It, no. Place butt here, yeah. Jen. I've, I'm it older. Right I convert to pillows book. now. Oh, okay. <laughs> she said it out of her mouth. We'll see you next right. week on Our Auto Expert. Bye. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.